You know, every once in a while throughout this time of year, I'll, someone will say something to me, and what they'll say is, have a blessed holiday. And I always take that very positive, and I should take it very positive. But sometimes you, you wonder, do they know what that means, to have a blessed holiday? You know what? I pray that all of us will have a blessed holiday. But I know that even as I say that, what that means, that brings a lot of different things to people's mind. Obviously, when someone tells us that, what they want is they want us to have a happy time, a good time, a pleasant time. And yet, unfortunately, so often, holidays are such a challenging time. It's challenging for us emotionally. It's challenging for us spiritually. And someone comes along, have a blessed holiday, and we have people here right now that are still going through grief over the loss of a loved one. We have family situations right now that are not, you know, happy. We have health situations that cause some very legitimate and deep concerns. We have financial. And along comes someone that have a blessed holiday. And so we're asking, what do you mean by that? What in the world? And oftentimes, we let these very things affect us spiritually as well. We see these Hallmark cards of families sitting around a fireplace. Everyone's laughing. And we go, man, I feel so lonely. I wish that was me. And someone tells me to have a blessed holiday. Are they out of their mind? And all of a sudden, it becomes almost offensive. Well, I want us to talk about this because you know something? I want all of us to have a blessed holiday. In fact, I want all of us to have a blessed 365 days a year, but I want to define what I mean when I use that word. And I want us to think about that because right now, I know the holidays, all of us are going into situations or things are going to happen. And we have these high expectations of what could be, and something may happen, it may not be. And what will that cause? Hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. Sick. So how can we take hold of this? First of all, let's define what the Bible means when it uses the word blessed. In the New Testament, the word that's used for blessed does not mean happy. And sometimes you'll find these, uh, uh, you know, new translations that'll, that'll translate the Beatitudes and say, happy is the person, and that's blessed. It doesn't mean happy. You know where the word happy comes from? The root word of happy is hap. That means chance. So happiness is based on chance. As long as things are going a certain way, then I'll feel good. But that's all based on chance. It's a roll of the dice. And so what happens is that people want to be happy. We want to be happy, but we have all these contingent things in our mind. If this happens, if this happens, if this happens, then I'm going to be happy. And invariably, what happens? One or none of those things happen. And so, here we are, and we're thinking, how do I get through the holiday season when all I want 
is to be happy. Look over in John chapter 16. What does blessed mean? It means a godlike joy. Look at this, and I will explain that. Just a second. John 16. In verse 17, Jesus is the last night that he is with his disciples before he is uh, going to be betrayed. And he's spending this time with them, talking to them about several uh, important things. Obviously, the things that are nearest and dearest to his heart before he goes through everything that he's uh, facing. And it says in verse 17, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will see me no more, and then after a little while, you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. That is what it means to be blessed in the biblical sense. It means not only to have a joy, but it is a triumphant joy. It is a joy that no one can take away. What do I mean by that? A triumphal confidence. You can be joyful and still sad. But you know that the bottom line is that God is in control. That the bottom line, that even in difficult situations, God can make something good come out of it. He is the creator. It is that triumphant confidence that allows a person to keep on going no matter what happens. It is that triumphal confidence that makes sure that they don't have to have life go a certain way for them to live and look forward to it expectantly. In times of trial, they learn. In times of suffering, they endure. In times of pain, they see and experience the great physician. That is what I'm talking about, about a triumphant confidence. And as we're heading into this holiday season with all the things that will go right and all the things that will go wrong. We need to understand that Jesus gave us a joy that no one can take away. A triumphant confidence that allows us to stay anchored and centered and not living a life of reaction and letting our emotions take us all over the place. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Let's look at a couple of passages where this word is used. This triumphal confidence, this blessed. Matthew chapter 5. And my prayer for us is that we will have a blessed experience, a triumphal confidence in experience. 
Look at what Jesus says here. In verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That is so counterintuitive, isn't it? That is not happiness in the sense of, I want things to go my way because everything there, being poor in spirit, we're so many times, we're full of our own spirit, our pride and our, our sense of independence from God. But Jesus says, no, no, no. You want to experience that, that triumphal joy, that confidence? It comes from that dependence in God. The statement here, there's no verb in this. I know in the English translation, blessed are. There's no are. It's an exclamation. Jesus is going, how blessed are those that are poor in spirit? How blessed are those that mourn? How blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness? He's not talking about something that they will experience. He's talking about an experience that's now. Something that we have entered into. And oftentimes, I've seen disciples, they go into the holiday season and all of a sudden their faith begins to lag because of different challenges and things like that instead of taking hold of the fact that right now you experience this triumphal confidence. You experience this joy that no one can take away. It allows you to look at these situations and realize, let me go back, let me think about each of the things that Jesus is saying here. The reason he taught this is that we would think about it, open our hearts to it, and put it in. And what would we do? We would experience the life that he came and died for us to have. That's what he's wanting here. That's what it means to have a blessed holiday. I pray that throughout the holidays, go back to the Beatitudes. Take them one at a time and just think, Lord, What does this mean for me today? You are telling me that this is what it means to have this triumphal confidence. That if I am poor in spirit, what does that mean? I'm open to it. And watch what happens. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. And watch what happens. Mourn. Now that doesn't mean sit around and cry. But it talks about when things bother you that should bother you that you are sensitive to the needs of others and and the pain in the world, that you're not oblivious because you will be comforted. What does this mean to me? If we could have that attitude, and then those of us that go into a rough situation, blessed are you when you are persecuted. 
If you feel like you go into a situation and, man, there's just no justice in this at all, Jesus beat you to the punch. He told you, hey, I'll tell you what, you can still have a good holiday. I'm sorry that people are acting that way. I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry that the family isn't coming together. I am sorry that grieves me, but you get to stand. You get to be anchored. You get to know this too will pass, and God himself will bring something that I don't see yet, but I know he's working right now, and it will happen. This is a blessed experience. This is what I want for us. Secondly, I want for us to have a blessed attitude. Look at uh, Acts chapter 20. Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders there, and after kind of giving a little history of his time and his ministry there with them, he says in Acts 20, and in verse 35, he says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. I appreciate so much what Dwight was sharing uh, there in the contribution message. There is something about giving. And I know in, in that sense we were talking about financially. I'm just talking about the attitude that realizes the deepest and most eternal joy comes from the fact when I give and I'm not just waiting around to get all the time. Think about our words and our deeds throughout this holiday season. Okay? There's a way we can give rather than just always look to receive. Right? Think about what you say. Words are powerful. They're, they're amazing. With one word... You can cause a person pain, or you can cause them encouragement. Vocabulary is powerful, and that's why, brothers, sisters, we need to be careful with our speech. We need to understand that what we say will have an impact. Do you realize with a word, you can help a person fight the battle of doubt, or fight the battle of loneliness, or fight the battle of despair, One word. I love you. I'm here. What can I do for you? Just something like that, that all of a sudden, it's all about helping the other person through this. I tell you, whenever we find ourselves just waiting, I wish someone would do something for me. Goodness gracious. You're asking a bunch of sinners to do something for you. A bunch of people like me. You know, we get self-absorbed and self-centered, and all of a sudden... We're not meeting people's needs. What happens when all of a sudden we take the step out? We make the phone call or we initiate the conversation. And sometimes we think, what if I'm the only one doing that? Look, don't worry about it. Just start with one person. What if we all just started with one person and took the initiative? What if we all thought about, look, I don't want to flatter anyone because flatter is false. But you know something? I believe if we took time to notice one another, what each other are going through and doing, we could really say something meaningful to that person. It takes focus. It takes attention. 
Yes, you can't meet everyone's needs, but my goodness, what could we do with the person in front of us if we all could do that? It is more blessed, more joyful, a joy that the world can't keep from if we give. This holiday, think about what you can do for others. Think about that. Rather than what's done for you, maybe in your family, maybe there's a rough situation in your family, what can I do? Maybe I'll do the dishes. Maybe I'll help clean up. Maybe I'll do this. And we think, well, what big deal is that? It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's an attitude. And you want to have a great holiday spiritually? Then imitate Jesus in that. Jesus came in the world to give. His life is a ransom. But you know how he could give his life as a ransom? Because he gave throughout every day of his life. Helping people, noticing people, giving them what they need. Don't you love reading the stories when he heals the lepers and he touches them? I go back to that over and over and over again. There are times in my life, to my shame, I'm such a task-oriented person. You know, what needs to be accomplished? What needs to be accomplished? And certainly, I could put it in a box, accomplish it. But was that what was really needed? Jesus could have accomplished a lot of tasks by just saying, be healed, be healed, be healed to these lepers. But what does he do when we read Mark 1? Touches them. He does something he did not need to do. So why touch him? Just come on, let's, let's go. We got to do stuff, man. Hurry up, move on. You know why? Because what the leper really needed was human touch. Yes, he needed healing, but something deeper than that, human touch. I am worth somebody touching. Wow. Can that be our attitude throughout the holidays? You want a blessed holiday? Start looking around. What do people need? And again, don't get overwhelmed. How can I do it all? No, no, no. Who's the person in front of you? The person in front of you. If we have that attitude, we're going to have a great holiday. And lastly, I pray not only that we have a blessed experience and a blessed attitude, I pray we have a blessed process. I know, your eyes just went up. Wow, what, what is he talking about? Okay, look over at James. James 1. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. It's the same word. A blessed process. You know, God did not leave us scripture to be little do's and don'ts. Kind of like post-its, you know, let's put it on a refrigerator. This I did, this I did. Well, I didn't do that. Can't, you know. It's not like a manual how to live. A fix-it manual. 
It's a revelation of the life you were created to live. But it is a process. It is not all of a sudden, I read this, all right, Sheridan's got it together. Yay, I'm going to have a great holiday. No. I would like to say I'm going to get through this holiday without any sin at all. That'd be a lie. There's going to be an attitude. There's going to be a word. There's going to be something there. You know why? I'm not finished. I'm in process. God is continuing to work on me. If he continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, he will be blessed in all he does. It's a process. Growth is a process. Don't look at it like pass-fail. But God is revealing the three, you know, great P's. I like to think of presence, power, and perspective. If you don't understand the presence of God, if you're not enjoying the power of God, and if you don't have the perspective of God, oh boy, are you in a lonely situation, aren't you? And you know what? Without what he has said, left to myself, I'd end up lonely. I couldn't figure this out. Because I wouldn't have his presence. I wouldn't have his power. And I wouldn't have his perspective. And so life, would all come down to a lonely, instantaneous moment where all of a sudden, I've just got to do what I think is best. I'm left on my own. I'm left on my own. No, that's not what James is talking about. James is talking about, you know what? God has left his word that you get to live and experience that life. And that's not a life that's contingent on everything going right. That's a life that comes from within. It is Christ living with, you know, through you. And so, it is a process. You are always learning. You are always growing. You are always changing. You don't get to spike the ball. You haven't finished. And that's okay. You know why? It's a process. It's a process. It's not pass-fail. It's a process. It's not are you good enough It's a process. It's not, can't you get it together? It is a process. Because that's what growth always is. Okay. So we're going to have a blessed holiday here? Well, we've been promised a blessed experience. We've been promised a blessed attitude and a blessed process. But you know what? All of that is just God talk. Unless, look at Revelation 3. Revelation 3. You know, we can talk about little things, and we need to talk specifically, and we need to talk to each other specifically about how to be strong spiritually throughout the holidays, as well as we do any other time. But without what we're about to talk about here, that just becomes little nuggets, little maxims, little hallmark card sentiments, and really sets us up for further disappointment. And we find ourselves right in the midst of a lot of things going on in the holiday, and our spiritual life just bottoms out. So what puts us all together? There was a church in Laodicea, that at one time had done a lot of good things, but all of a sudden just 
started to level out and got lukewarm. And so Jesus calls them back to the love that they, they used to have. But notice what he says here. I want you to look at verse 20, Revelation 3. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. Everything that we had just talked about is great, is wonderful, and all that, but is impossible. Unless our hearts are wide open to the Lord himself. It is Jesus that allows me to experience anything in the Beatitudes. It is Jesus that allows me to develop an attitude that, yeah, it really is better to give than to receive. It is Jesus that allows me to grow and to not live my life, oh my gosh, and let me just do this or do that, but to understand it is a process and know that that's okay. It is him that gives me the power to do that. And what is he saying? He says, look, I'm at your heart knocking. I know in the, the religious world, they'll use this for a conversion scripture. This is not a conversion scripture. This is a glorious repentance scripture here. This is spoken to people that are already Christians. This isn't how you become a Christian. This is about people like all of us. And we all find ourselves at times in a lukewarm situation. At one time, God's word thrilled us. We loved to pray. We were serving. We were doing. And then finally, it's like, oh, please, let me just get through another day. And we think, what happened? Okay, I will do better. Well, that's wonderful. All you got to do is have the will. What you really got to do is open your heart. He's knocking on your heart. So, Sherry, what do you mean about that? You know what? Just go have a good time of prayer and open your heart. Tell him everything. Just say, look, I want to follow. I want to change this in my character. I want to experience these things. I want to have the right attitude. I want to do the process. I want to be able to let go of these bitter feelings. I want whatever it is, just open. Because his desire is to be in there and not just come for a little bit. He wants the table fellowship. Now, that's an old metaphor, an ancient metaphor, but what that means is the intimate fellowship. He doesn't want to do business. He wants to connect in love. He wants connection. Well, Sheridan, isn't he in me? He's in you. But only you decide when you open your heart to him, when you really surrender and open yourself to him. The holidays are coming. Some of us are are dealing with sadness. Some of us are dealing with other issues and things like that. Some of us are having great times. In the midst of all of it, let's remember we belong to Jesus. Let's remember he is always there in our heart. And if maybe we've let him out of our heart, he's always knocking. His interest is not to accuse His interest is to empower, is to connect, is to fellowship, is to love. That's what he wants to do.
So, you know what I want for you? I want you to have a blessed holiday. Not that everything will just be happy, but that you will have this triumphal joy because it is Christ who is in your heart. Because you've opened your heart wide and you are experiencing that type of life, you're exhibiting that type of attitude, you're enjoying the process, and then you're going to get through these holidays with a triumphal joy that nobody can take away.